0: It's Barely In Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans, by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely In Topic, a podcast by Boston Bruins fans, for Boston Bruins fans. And I am here, I, I of course am VA, I am here with Jeff. Hey. And Tim. Hello. Both of whom have have been very gracious with their time today because I needed to go do something that was scary and stupid and wonderful. Got pictures with two of the handsomest men in Boston. So. Yes. In fact, when I bought the tickets, the woman was like, those are two good looking guys. I'm like, Oh yeah. And then I felt a little dirty about that, but that's okay. That's okay. So I've never been to these card and trade shows before. It was kind of a weird experience. And there was a huge amount of waiting around because the Bruins weren't on time. Apparently, there was an optional skate this morning, which Fergie and Brad both didn't participate in. But uh, Corelli had to, so he was a little bit low energy. And he was the first person that I met. But I had a great time sitting at this table with my uh, my new pals, uh, Kevin and Tracy, who uh, we were talking about brewing stuff, and it was a great time, and we had a lot of fun. <laughs> I told them about the podcast. I hope they are listening. And if they are, hi. Anyway, so I went up to go see the Corrali thing, uh, you know, uh, because they they had numbered tickets and whatever. And I went up, and I'm like, I'm not really sure if this is what I'm supposed to do. So I hand the ticket over to the woman. She's like, Oh no. In the meantime, like Sean's sitting there and he's just like, kind of like, mm. and and um, she's like, oh no, this is for later. I'm like, oh, okay. So over on the other side, I'm like, hi, Sean. <laughs> he goes, hi. <laughs> he's like, nice jersey you got there. Because guess what I was wearing? The
1: Corral jersey.
0: Of course I was wearing the Corral jersey. So, yeah, and I said, and I did not realize this could be taken the wrong way, but it was, or at least in joking. I said, yeah, I read the, the blog post about how you you don't see that many Corelli jerseys, and, and I, I wanted to wear it. And he goes, oh, so you wore it out of pity. <laughs> well. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: and I was like, no.
2: Ouch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that that came out wrong as I meant. <laughs> I,
1: I mean also you have it. So it's not like you don't I, I don't think you necessarily buy jerseys out of pity. So like There's also that.
0: No, I mean, his sense of humor could be probably really dry, you know, so I'm already feeling nervous and I'm like getting like a little beet red. And I said, Sean started off on the wrong foot here. I'm so sorry. I said, but I have a, a really dumb question for you. Okay. And then he just gestured his hands like, come on. Right. Um, poor guy. I think he's been bored, you know, because I think most people went for the photo op instead of the signing. I'm like, I've got a lot of signed stuff. And then I'm realizing I should have brought a pocket and got that signed too. But anyway, so I said, Sean, what is your favorite dessert or cookie? And he's like, chocolate chip. I'm like, I knew it. <laughs> so it's so classic. It's so versatile. And, and when I said, I knew it, I slammed my hands down the table. <laughs>
1: oh. I do declare I knew it
0: <laughs> only the hard hitting questions here I had a suspicion because it's a really good cookie to like but you know
2: top journalist here I mean why didn't you assume someone, that someone's favorite cookie is the right thing to do
0: right somebody asked me after had he said oatmeal raisin what would I have done and I'm like I think I just would have walked away that would have been it. I don't think I don't think I want that in my life. You know, they're perfectly cromulent cookies. So just no. Sorry. And so then at that point I realized I'm probably fucking scaring or like just weirding him out a little bit. So I said, this is great. Thank you. I will see you over at the photo up and I'm just gonna go over there and be weird for a little while. Yes, I said that. <sighs> well know who you are
1: there's a few ways to take that at least you stood out you were memorable
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was memorable all right
1: so that's one way to look at it and i would choose to look at it that way
0: (laughs) you know tim you are the font of optimism so i should take that advice
2: and what did he say to that
0: he didn't say anything to that <laughs> what do you even that's, say to that
2: that's cold
0: oh what that he didn't say anything to that he might have been laughing I couldn't see but because I wouldn't look at his face again <laughs> <laughs> I mean you know He had just come from practice. I'm sure this was not, like, his favorite thing to do, and it was not, like, a big happening event uh, for him, unlike Berkey and and Marshy, who it just had, like, you know, at least 200 people or something for them. So I'm trying not to couch it in the uh, Sean Crowley's um, just uh, an unlikable guy or something, No, no, it's
2: not what you're really framing it as, is that you were really fucking weird and you bugged him out a little little bit.
0: (laughs) Oh, that I bugged him out a little bit. Yeah. Well, yeah, I might have. (laughs) Isn't that really just the story of my life?
1: You stood out. That's the important thing here. It's memorable you stood out. That's what's important. (laughs) I choose to (laughs) forget everything else.
2: you can see at another vendor in like a year and be like, you, you're the lady to me about cookies.
0: But he has a sweet tooth. I had a reason to ask him. Plus, I like to bake. I didn't say, hey, dude, I will hook you up with some like primo chocolate chips. Just name the date and the time. Um, and, you know, it doesn't have to be at your house because I know you've got a secret lair. And, you know, that's not cool uh, for me to be part of that. But, you know, like, just tell me, I'll just meet you on a street corner and hand off some chocolate chips. No, I didn't do that. I think that would have been really weird. So I I held off. I held off on that, you know. But, you know, I just thought, like, I would ask him a non-hockey question because he gets asked all the stupid hockey questions. So, or all the good hockey questions. And why does he want that all the time? But maybe he wanted that. I don't know. So when it came to picture time... I came over and I said, it's me again. Uh, He's like, (laughs) yep.
1: It it certainly is.
2: (laughs) Flashbang. And Corraldy (laughs) flees (laughs) the scene.
0: Hey, he put his arm around me and I put my arm around him. And I, we, that was, yeah i like that i didn't
2: even look that awkward he didn't even look that awkward in the picture you're right
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i think he likes me i think he thinks like i'm charming and funny and a little weird and that's okay you know it's all right we're not gonna date it's never gonna happen but you know like if i see him at future events he'll be like it's the cookie lady you know Mm-hmm. I, I am still going to um I, I'm going to title this episode Sean Corrales hates me so that'll be good because nothing like I'm so glad I'm medicated because like I talk myself out of about 75% of my negative self-talk um and I'm going with the positives here the positive like Tim pointed out he I made an impression I, yeah exactly you know um. I uh, I am a weirdo, and, and maybe that's okay, you know? And um, I talked about cookies, so there, you know? Honestly,
1: I would name this episode Spawn Corrales Cookie Lady.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know if I want to do that, because we don't have a contract, you know, someday. Someday. I'm totally putting that picture up on Instagram, and I'm totally tagging him in it. And he's going to just, like, do nothing about that. But that's fine. Um, now, conversely, right, because I, I, I had to decide between getting a, a photo with Bergie or with Marshy. And I figured I would go with Bergie this time, which was perfect. It was a perfect idea. Um, I think that Marshy and I would probably get along a little too well. Um, we'd get along too well. But anyway, I went with Bergie. And what did I do with Bergie? Ready? I said hello and I did not jump. Okay. Because normally I would jump. Right. Um, I didn't jump with the uh, Corelli, but I, I hit a, a, a desk. So that's probably, you know, about the same.
1: That's close enough. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. So I, I didn't jump. Right. Cause with Brandon Carlo, I, I jumped a little bit towards the counter, got a little too excited. And, uh, that was charming, I guess. Um, I'm going to couch it as charming. It's charming. Um, so with Bergie, I just stepped up to him. I said, hi. I barely looked at him because I couldn't. And he we put our arms around each other for the picture. And then we took the picture and I said, thank you. And I walked away from Bergie and I managed to be upright. And I barely looked at the picture and I walked out of the, the venue because I needed to go then.
1: I mean... That's that's as good as it could have gone. I would have asked something stupid like, do you like beating the Leafs every year? Like, And he would have been like, obviously, because I like winning. So, I mean, that's not bad. You did well with that one.
0: Yeah. I, I, I honestly didn't have anything to ask him because I, I just did not want to sully this at all. I just wanted this to be a perfect moment in time where I could stand next to the, the perfection that is Patrice Bergeron and, and have a memory forever and ever about how I was a very, very good girl. <laughs>
1: perfect moment in time.
0: It was. I was such a good girl. He is beautiful. I couldn't look at him.
2: So right now yeah. we're on another long stretch with no problems. However, as soon as we start talking about something worth talking about, I guarantee it's going to shit the bed again.
0: I know it's going to do that. So maybe we have to fool it somehow.
2: I mean, like, don't get me wrong. A lot, at least, I got, most of what we say is nonsense. But like, we 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 got to shoehorn's non-nonsense in there too, without the without my computer, you know, or my internet deciding that it doesn't like that.
1: Well, so, you know, what's really good about this Bruins team is they've been winning a lot recently, and the top line is playing fantastic.
2: They have the most points in the league, but they've only played 13 games. Um, (laughs) To give you some idea, the other teams that are particularly close to them in in, um, uh, points almost all of them, all of them except the Islanders have played either 14 or 15 games.
1: I love this segue. I mean, that's fantastic. They, and not only that, the defense has been stifling. Ah, they're playing so well. And it's not just the defensemen playing good defense, the forwards as well. Two of the goals um last night, Heinen's, the one he scored and the one he assisted on were just purely Heinen being good defensively.
2: That's six minute power play yesterday against uh Sens.
0: No, it was a six minute. It was actually technically a seven minute and five second power uh, penalty kill.
2: I watched that game, which is novel. Usually, I can't watch. Usually, I can't watch Sens. Out during that penalty kill, like some of the forwards that were bulls, Bjork got PK time there. Um, Bjork, yeah, because uh, they got pretty deep on the team with that massive penalty kill, and uh, you know, even Bjork got PK time at the end, and actually, he was buzzing like, like honestly, when Bjork was out there, it was almost like we looked like we almost got a couple shorties,
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I believe my official comment on that whole penalty kill sequence was if you didn't get a boner after watching the, the Bruins kill off seven minutes and five seconds of penalty time, uh, then there's something wrong with you. Because that was a fantastic sequence. It really was like the Sens it, it just showed the Sens didn't belong in the same game.
2: Now, mind you about this game, though. A lot of this game was alarmingly close because the Bruins just really phoned most of that game in.
0: Well, I mean, after the Savarin hit Bacchus.
2: That was painful to watch. And then they kept showing fucking replays.
0: Ah! Yeah, it was painful.
1: It was painful to watch, but that was also like. That was after the first goal. It was like. So the Bruins were up 1 0 at that point, and. After that, for really a period, almost two periods, it seemed like the Bruins kind of, like, just lost interest, which is understandable. That's, like, it's hard to come, when you come out buzzing and then have something like that happen and have a break in time for almost 15 minutes, and then also the fact that you're, like, kind of emotional about it because, I mean, it was awful. It's hard to kind of get back up
0: for that. Yeah. The Bruins just looked awful after that first of all it, it, let's just talk about the fact that that guy is going to be released from the hospital with basically some lacerations and he has a broken nose
2: it looked like there was yep. busted it looked like there was a broken tooth there in that instagram photo he posted unless that was yeah. already fucked it,
0: yeah i can't tell you if it was or not If if that was a a thing, but you know, basically let's just point out his, his, uh, his injuries are relatively minor compared to what you thought could have happened based on his losing consciousness before he hit the ice. So it was that hit was, there was nothing wrong with the hit. It was a very forceful hit. It's not like somebody took a headshot or anything. It's just, um, it was just a, it was bad luck, bad, bad luck. We felt for Saverin. You felt for Bacchus, because Bacchus felt like he did something really bad, and all he did was just basically brace for a hit. But, you know, Bacchus uh, left the game right after that. I mean, he was visibly upset, which I don't blame him.
2: Well, I, yeah, it wasn't just that. I think Bacchus was, more, it was quite a bit more than just upset. There was a glassiness to his eyes. I think Bacchus is pretty badly concussed, too.
1: I think he said he's going to miss at least two games.
0: Yeah, I, I I was getting up to that. He's also got a UBI, which it's probably a concussion.
2: He's got history, and that was a direct head, direct hit to the head with Saberin's head. So, yeesh.
1: yeah, yeah, they hit. I'm surprised that Saberin didn't have a bad concussion there, um, but it's like all the injuries I saw just were the like you said, the lacerations and the broken nose. Um, so
0: it must have hit just hit perfectly. You know what I mean? Um, well, I mean, he could have a concussion, too. They're just not saying that. Um, they don't tend to talk about that very much.
2: I mean, all that we really know here is that he's healthy enough to be released from the hospital and presumably returned to Ottawa. So that doesn't mean he's not concussed. That doesn't even mean he's not concussed badly, right? So it just means that it's like, okay, this guy can travel without, you know, ending up with a freaking hematoma in his in his brain or something. That's what it means.
0: Yeah. Yeah, based on what we saw happen, he's very um, lucky. So, so, but anyway, I mean that hit basically changed the game for a while because the Bruins just weren't in it. They really weren't until the third period.
1: I was just like saying they kind of took over the third period. It's kind of like they found their legs back and they, yeah, they just kind of took over. I mean, it was they were kind of like. I'm done with this. Let's go get it, and they got it, and they got it good.
0: Yeah, which I'm glad they did because I really had every feeling that yesterday's game was going to be a trap game. Oh, and you could see it. I mean, they played. They played down to an
2: unimaginably bad team, which, again, we've been talking about this for years. That they do this, I'm pretty sure it's what it cases every good team does it. However, do you know what really bad team they didn't play? To?
0: The Sharks. The Sharks.
2: how is DeBoer not fired yet how is DeBoer not fired after that third period he should be does he have compromising
0: pictures of Doug Wilson how is he not fired after that first period I mean the third period was bad don't get me wrong I have not seen that kind of thing in a long time but basically oh I'm sorry after the second period I guess technically
1: by the end of it it seemed like San Jose it was trying to just get thrown out of the game just to end it. Like players are like I'm done. So let's just get the, let's get a game misconduct and be done with it.
2: Well that's just it. Even even well, even Evander Kane, who, you know, is actually what if they're only like two players that's playing well with him and Burns, wanted out. So <laughs>
0: Well, Evander Holy oh, Evander Holyfield, let's try that again.
2: Evander you mean, Kane almost Almost a shitty. You're on the right track there.
0: Well, uh, it, it, Evander Kane <laughs> was actually named Evander after Evander Holyfield.
2: Oh, that's unfortunate.
0: Uh, okay, so so basically, here I am um, watching the game, and I'm just th- sitting there thinking to myself, "Is Evander Kane just going to keep being a shitty guy on the ice this game?" And yes, he is. And what he kept doing was going after McAvoy. And you know what? If you are going to go after McAvoy, who do you think is going to come for you?
2: I was just going to say you, you better be ready for a six foot nine Slovak to rip your soul out through your chest. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. God. And then Nick being a coward about it, like, like fucking guys named Kane in this sport. Am I right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're. I think I'm pretty sure that they're the shittiest. You know. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> I so I, I and he kept doing it and he just kept and he didn't want to fight Chara and Chara's like I'm ready you know and then other people would get in the way and it's just like then it was just like oh Kane and somebody else decided they were going to try to tag team mcavoy and i'm just like you guys gotta stop this shit because really it's gonna get out of hand and then you saw the guys trying to go after marshy and marshy's like yeah i'm just gonna weasel out of this because that's what i can do what weasel wiggle out of this because you know i don't want to be part of this um you know yeah and like you said he tried to wiggle out of it and he
1: he did get the game misconduct so he's out the other smart thing the bruins did is i'm pretty sure it was like the last like six and a half minutes of the game, maybe seven, the Bruins also didn't play Pasta or Bergeron, which was very smart. Yeah, why would you? Like, yeah, the the potential for injury there was way too high. So Cassidy recognized that and was like, yeah, we're not putting those guys back in this game at this point.
0: We're just going to sit them on the bench and – Just ride this out. Okay, okay. I'm going to do a um, dramatic reading of the penalties of this game, just for funsies. Okay, guys? In the first, 615, San Jose, Barclay Goodrow tripping against Brad Marchand. Okay, 749, San Jose, delay of game, bench served by Lucas Radiel. 920, Boston, Matt Grislich holding against Logan Couture. What? He doesn't do that. Sixteen twenty-five, San Jose, Thomas Hurdle high sticking against Charlie McAvoy, and that was the first of the the high sticking against him, or the first of the penalties that they tried against McAvoy. Okay, the second, Boston, David Krejci hooking against Eric Carlson. No, it, Krejci doesn't do that. Three o nine, San Jose, Thomas uh, Thomas Hurdle tripping against David Pasternak. No, you can't do that. 936, San Jose, Lucas Radiel tripping against Matt Grizzlick. Oh, you jerk. Okay, this is where it gets fun, guys. The third period, there are like 20. I swear to God. Oh, I'll count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. I was close. There are 19 penalties in the third period. At 108, you had San Jose go uh, high. Uh, Evander Kane was high-sticking. Who do you think he was high-sticking, guys?
2: It was, it was McAvoy. Yeah, it was McAvoy. Everyone just wanted to hit him in the grill with their sticks, apparently.
0: Yeah, apparently that's what it was. Uh, at 108, also, San Jose, uh, his uh, Brendan Dillon was uh, penalized for roughing against the Dana Chara because guess who decided to come in and try to clear up the mess? It was Chara. And then at 108, Chara came in. Uh, it was in the box for roughing against Brendan Dillon, but Brendan Dillon totally deserved it. 5.44, San Jose, Radil heisting against Charlie McAvoy. They were really going after McAvoy. And it was really just pissing me off. 6.02, Jake DeBrus tripping against mark Edward Vlasic. At uh, 12.10, San Jose, Eric Carlson, game misconduct. Uh, that's when Pete DeBoer was thrown out. I'm sorry. So he got to serve that for Pete DeBoer getting thrown out of the game. Uh, that's when he really lost it. At that point, at 1239, you had Barclay Goodrow fighting against Brett Ritchie. Yeah, Brett Ritchie's a thing. 1239, Brett Ritchie fighting against Barclay Goodrow. 1239, Brett Ritchie misconduct. Yep. 1239, San Jose misconduct. Uh, Barclay Goodrow. So they're thrown out of the game. 1325, Brad Marshan roughing against Couture. 1325, Couture roughing against Brad Marshan. 1325, misconduct. For uh, Logan Couture, thirteen twenty-five misconduct for Brad Marchand. So yes, each team has had two players thrown out for misconducts. Fifteen forty-two Lucas Reddick roughing against David Backus, and yeah, that's right. Backus is going to get a misconduct, but not yet. Oh no, he is. He's going to get it in this thing. I'm sorry, I was reading it wrong. Okay, so yes, Evander Kane gets a mas- misconduct. David Backus gets a misconduct. And then finally, your last two are Tima Meyer interference against Grizzlick and nineteen forty three at the same time. Grizzlick roughing against Tima Meyer. So ugly, ugly game. Bruins won that five to one and they could have easily won it with more. Yeah. Yeah. They
1: all they all shot them like forty five to seventeen.
2: Forty 41
0: to seventeen. Okay. Yeah. Bad, bad. Yep, and of course, you know, David Pasternak broke his one-game the streak, was snapped with this game. Thank God, it was really, really tough to live through that. It was really hard.
2: I, I coped with the whole five assists.
0: Yep, the five assists uh, against the uh, Rags. Yep, but man, it's not the same. It's not the same.
2: The only good thing, the only thing worth remembering about that game, honestly, was... um. Both Pasternak and Pasternak passing up, getting his one goal at the game. Marshawn passing up a hat trick. So Bergeron can get a hat trick instead.
0: Oh, uh, about the Rags game?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's the only thing worth remembering about that game because that was just beautiful.
0: Yeah, that was a team just like being a team. And yes, Bergie got another hat trick and it was beautiful.
2: As I said, I'm just like, his Lenny is just sitting no, Brad. No, no, Patrice can have the hat trick. Especially Brad who would have had a hat trick otherwise himself.
0: Brad's going to do okay this season. He just wanted to give it to his best bud, you know? They love each other, and I love it. I want to point out one thing about that that Sharks game. My my personal favorite goal was uh, Brandon Carlo from the Blue Line going down to his knees, taking a shot. Brett Burns. Yes, Brett Burns moved out of the way because he's going to get clocked in the head. So... Kudos to him for saying I can't block this shot with my head, because that's a bad idea. And then Martin Jones didn't even see it. So Brandon Carlo, yes, offensive powerhouse. He had until last night, he had four points in three games. Two of those were two of those
2: were two assists against the Rangers, but like fucking a Brandon Carlo doing the thing, winning the points. Sports. Yay. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's
1: doing that hockey. And To top it off, the goal against uh, the Sharks was not only a knuckle puck, like, Martin Jones was Mr. Magoo. Like, literally. Like, all of a sudden, the puck was in the net, and he was like, oh, there it is, behind me. (laughs) Like, it was
2: bad. Well, that's just it. Martin Jones has been catastrophically bad, but that goal was the one that, like, it was the one that was, the one that he, that was inexcusable, right? Yeah. Like he was bad at well, the game, even bad in general. Like, like incidentally, everyone who ever said he should have kept Joan should probably just go ahead and off themselves now because he's not really capable of adding to the discourse.
0: <laughs> yep. Yep. I, I do want to mention one thing about the Rags game. When Pasta was basically pushed into Henrik Lundqvist and Berge capitalized on that. By scoring a goal and it made Hank very very upset and they Challenged that for goaltender interference And lost Pasta went over to the bench You know because he has time and he's just going over There and talking to Tuca And Tuca just looks like really happy To be sitting there talking To to Pasta over at the bench And I'm like I want this movie I want to see this This is like the new Buddy Cup movie Incidentally think about think about how much
2: Pask is feeling on it right now
0: He's playing that well, and
2: he's happy. I don't think we've ever seen Rask this, ha- this happy for this long at a stretch, ever.
0: I love it. I want to see it forever.
2: Well, yeah, because it means things are going really well. But, like, it's exciting to see.
0: Yes, of course. There's the selfish thing of, like, yes, they're doing really well. But there's the, the thing of, like, I just want him to be happy because I'm that kind of person. Yes. Oh, I'm talking about feelings. Oh, no. Yes. I know, I know, but I, I just, I want to see that. I want to see that that movie. That would be a fun movie.
2: But, but, but now, of course, the goal challenge gets followed by um, uh, Lundqvist on the net goal, I believe. Um, and he, while he's fucking around away from the net, goal scored. And yet somehow, the rags didn't pull him right then and there. When obviously it's like, nope, Lundqvist is not capable of playing this game.
0: Yeah, I, I don't understand why they didn't.
2: His was off, even though like any any idiot could see that wasn't goaltender interference. Yeah. And, and there's a, what I want to know is, why did David Quinn not pull him right then and there? That goaltender had lost the plot. He was no longer capable of playing that game.
0: I don't know. Because maybe Henrik told him he wanted to stay in and redeem himself. But like it wasn't even
2: it wasn't even just pull him right then and there, which should have been the case. Any sensible because like when he came out for the second, like okay maybe let him finish the period, but like What the hell? Like why would you do that?
0: I don't know. I, I I thought he was cooked after the first, but he let him do the second and then I was surprised I was actually surprised there was another guy in in, in the third. Because I figured he was just gonna live and die by that.
1: I was just happy because Z- Zibanejad didn't kill us again.
0: Yeah, but I feel bad he got knocked out of the game. I was gonna say there's because that's because Zibanejad got killed. That's
2: why.
1: That's um, that's true. But he he's he kills the Bruins like whenever they play. E- either when he was with Ottawa and now with New York, he just kills them.
2: I will agree that he's like a Patrick Maroon or Thomas Vanek um, uh, caliber Bruins killer, except he's a better player than either of them are.
0: Right, right. True, so, Especially he's very Maroon. Good.
2: Lesser, lesser extent, look, well, when Vanek was he was comparable, but he just hasn't been that Thomas Vanek in over a decade. And also,
0: no, no, he hasn't. He has flashes, but he doesn't have consistency. Is he still with Vanek the Red Wings? For I
2: don't even know. What now? I don't he really re with anyone this season.
0: I don't know. I I thought he was still with uh, Detroit, but I'm going to look it up. I know that he had extensive... Oh, wow. Yeah, he's an unrestricted free agent. I mean, he's 35 years old. Yeah, he's he's a free agent. Uh, He doesn't seem to be signed anywhere in Europe. I don't know if maybe he's taking part of the season off or something. That's one thing. I don't think like if he's not signed,
2: just like go play, go home and go home and be like the, um uh, and be not only like the, the poster child for, for the Austria, Austrian league, but also like score like 4 million points. Cause it's the fucking Austrian league. And like their premier league team is, 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 is Red Bull Salzburg, which if you recall from the lockout in uh, 12, in 2012, 2013, apparently tries to poison their players by only having Red Bull on the bench.
0: Oh God!
2: As reported by, as, as, as reported by Johnny Boychuk, oh. for them during the lockout.
1: Oh. Honestly, I I respect it and I play it for him
0: because of it. Mm-mm. No, no, that's that's just nasty. So, um, injuries, guys. We got to talk about some injuries. It's always fun and exciting. Oh,
2: right now, huh? Um, so infection because that's uh, what's wrong with um, uh, Nordstrom now. He has an infection on his elbow, and it's mostly better. Apparently it's just so long before he's allowed to sweat.
0: Brett Ritchie also has an infection.
2: Yes, it was not clear why. Um, fishing practice on Friday briefly caused a bit. It was Friday it was the third one of those days. Briefly caused a bit of of uh, fervor on Twitter. There, everyone seemed to think that Connor, Connor Clifton, third line right wing, was going to happen. I'm like, no, it's not. And sure, it didn't. No, it, it didn't. I, I do do worry for the mental state of the people that thought that was a good guy. God, these people shouldn't be allowed to breathe.
0: I pointed it out just because I thought, oh, this is curious. Um, I never once thought that's something that's going to happen.
2: There were were people that seemed to think it was a good idea, like multiples, which is like, what the
0: fuck? Yeah, I I think it's just the curiosity. Everybody's very excited about Cliffy Hockey, so they want him to play any position. And that's not a good idea, but that's okay.
1: Cliffy also played uh, right wing for a game for Providence last season. And I'm pretty sure, in the, when he played in the prospect showcase or the prospect game, that he scored a goal playing right wing. So I mean, it's not necessarily an ideal situation, but like he he can he's done it like twice at least.
0: Yeah, I mean, but you know, the NHL is a different animal, and this is not something that you want to have happen. When you have better options that you can call up on an emergency basis. Oh, of course. I just, it's not like, I mean,
1: at first when I saw it, I was like, holy shit, what? And then I saw that he had done it at least twice. So, I mean, that's probably why he was filling in in
0: practice there for it. As previously mentioned, we uh, talked about a UBI for David Backus, which is probably a concussion.
2: Yes, um, so that's fortunate. Let's see, was there any ones that have come up that, of course, Kuhlman, of course, we already had that card. Miller and Moore continue to be the same same as things have been.
0: Uh, Are we missing anyone? Miller is actually at practice now, but wearing a red no-contact jersey. Interesting. They're going to keep him off of LTIR, apparently, and they're looking for him to come back, but... Now we've got a situation where, like, what, Cliffy Hockey has, like, 11 games left? Something like oh, that. Oh, no, no, yeah. 12, because he didn't play last night.
2: There is one other injury, too, isn't there? Uh, Lindholm?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's another UBI, which we all assume is a concussion because it was, uh, what game was that? against? Was that against the Blues or the Rags?
2: Yeah, I think. I think. I think it was the Blues. He wasn't in for the Rags game.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it was the Blues as well Because they played the
1: Blues after Toronto, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, the Blues yeah. was last Saturday
1: Yeah, I think it was the Blues
0: Yeah, so uh, he, he took a hit that they're, they're you know, like uh, Nesson was guessing that there was a certain hit that he took that basically meant he uh, uh, And he didn't come back after that, that hit So um, it, it was a little bit high um, he seems to be grabbing his head so that's probably what it was
2: yeah so I mean, it's a lot of injuries but the cool thing is like not a single one of them is actually an essential player
1: yeah I'm knocking on wood like, there basically
2: all of our like present almost uh, with every single injury is like which is interesting I wish all better health but
0: yeah I don't want more essential people to be
2: again Nordstrom's the most essential injured one not that big a deal but now you,
0: you have no backus on that line either, which, well. You've got Wags and you've got Corrali and Mystery Guest.
2: Well, it's Slark. talk about that. Slark has not looked good. Nope. Like, like, like he's been on the before. He looks decent, right? He does not look like an NHL player whatsoever on this call on on this, well, of call-ups, I should say, because he's been sent down back up and sent down between games multiple times now, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, he's done that.
2: Cassidy's comments basically sound has no confidence. Uh, I think, yeah, Cassidy. I think Cassidy's pretty much through with Solarik. Yeah. Um, I saw some quotes from on from Pluto before. Let's see if I can find it on the Athletic.
0: I think he described his play to mediocre to bad or something.
2: Okay, here's the here's his passage on it on from the Athletic. Uh, nine takeaways from the game. So number seven. Peter Solark replaced Richie as the number three right wing next to Anders Bjork and Charlie Coyle. He attempted zero shots in 9.37 at ice time. Average, Cassidy said of Solark's game. I think he had a few opportunities to make plays. If he's going to stay in the National Hockey League, you've got to play to your strength. I thought he had opportunities to make plays. He made a few here and there, but I thought Solark did not offense his own hooking penalty. He did not like the way Solark skated, but was cautious about using a small sample size to make his evaluation. Solark24 has been a mixed NHL bag. Two years ago, he had some good action on David Krejci's right side by playing creatively against the offense and being responsible defensively. But at other times, he's prone to bad penalties, fluttering pace, and poor puck management. And pace is the big one. He's slow as fucking molasses. That part was me, obviously, in Ludo. (laughs)
0: <laughs> right. Right.
2: And here's the last thing before question. When you've been in the league a little bit, the honest falls more and more on you. Yeah, as he said before the game. It starts halfway. It's starting to shift to him now. If he's seen the league, he's not new to the league. He's seen our program here. He knows what our guys play. It's up to him to get his game in order. Whereas if I brought up Cam Hughes, for example, it's much more on him to get acclimated because he's never been through it. There's <laughs> there. Feeling like there's a non-zero chance this current call may be the last we see of him. Yeah. He's played 39 NHL. Games. That's not awful, but like...
0: Not everybody works out, you know? And, uh, yeah it's just like you can want people to succeed but if they don't take their opportunities what can you do about that right
2: they are what they are whatever right mm-hmm. i mean just one of the last hopes for a from a pretty bad draft i think he and uh wiley german are all that's left of that uh of that uh for the bruins of all that that she drove all that and Linus Anderson's rights, but like whatever. Oh, wait, no, no. It's not bleed was that draft too. So, okay, fine. Mm.
0: But
2: exactly. He's 24. He's not in an any cellar. The book is closed at this point.
0: Yep. Yep. I saw people say, I, I hope he, they can get something for him and trade. And I'm just like oh, no. When people were asking after him last
2: year, was the time to trade him. Now there's he's got fucking no value. You put him on waivers again, he probably would clear. And then idiots would start saying we claimed him. They should have traded him and got him. No, no, no. If someone gets claimed on no waivers, they still had no trade value. Yep. The yeah, the idiocy of, uh, of hockey fans when it comes to the matter of waivers just blows my mind every time. I don't understand it.
0: Sometimes you just don't get value for people. That's it. Uh, a number of uh, factors work into that. You can draft to the best of your ability and then you can just not get the right person or you can get a person who just does well for a while and then they stop.
2: The Bruins have lost five players on the time that I've been watching. and Three of them are not players. Craig Cunningham. Sorry, buddy. Matt Frazier and Seth Griffin. There's other two that are, I guess, I think the books, the jury's still out on Sue Man, and that and Colby Cave's uh, brief interval of being a player, I think, has come to an end.
0: He did score a goal yesterday, and I I got. Oh, did 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 he
2: get called up? He got sent down first, but.
0: Yeah, and then he killed a man, and then I don't know if he got called back up. But Ben uh, sent me a message saying Colby Cave scored a goal. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Ben. (laughs) Remember, he's the one who said that. Why would you ever want to introduce us to your girlfriend? <laughs> That's
1: fair. I wouldn't want to introduce me to anyone either. Oh,
0: now. Come on. If I could a- introduce myself to Sean Corralley the way that I did, everybody can introduce everybody else to each other. <sighs>
2: <sighs> Anders Bjork. Is uh, finally uh, up and playing uh, for the Bruins and has looked solid. Only one goal. In- what the fuck are you doing? To- <laughs> Tuca <laughs> Tuka found a doorstop while playing with the toy, and it went boing. Is what happened. Incidentally, listeners. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I'm Nurse Bjork. Um, and- He's getting his time playing, playing reasonably well, which is nice. Yes. Honestly, I'm having trouble staying stuff about this team because like there's not a lot to criticize. They're getting scoring throughout the lineup now. They're playing well. Goaltending's great. Uh, Halak is is not as good as Rask right now, but that's okay. He's still one D, and he's still winning. Mostly,
0: you know, we don't have to be negative Nellies all the time. We can rejoice in, in their victories and their winning ways, I guess we'll say. And that when it came down to having a, a hangover from the Stanley Cup or not, they chose to just keep going forward. So that's good. No time to, to feel bad about what happened when you're constantly moving forward. And I think that's what this team is doing
2: say this team is in uh, is in terminator mode, you know. We got one thing to do here. Let's get the fuck back in there and make this right.
0: Oh, and, uh, I thought their their terminator mode was fuck you asshole. <laughs> 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 that is a line he says. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right. There isn't a lot to say. So we pretty much said it all. We 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 talked about how they did this week. We talked about the uh, the injuries. We did not talk about what looks like the terrible thirds, but they're not officially released yet, so that's okay. And uh, yeah, I think we I think we nailed all the points basically, except for the Halloween photo.
2: And also, I was going to say the Roman Yossi extension, which has presumed implications for Bruins.
0: You know what, Jeff? I do want to talk about that, but I think I want to talk about that next week. Only because your audio is like a little wiggy. Um, is that a word? Your your audio is. I think I think you should have primo audio to talk about that because you are the guy who who will nail that, right?
1: And it's getting jiggy with
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you get what I'm saying, right, Jeff? This will give you time to really prepare, Close. you know, and we'll we'll figure out how we're going to get the best audio for you so that you can shine next week when talking about how Roman Yossi has totally screwed Tori Krug and the Bruins. No, he oh, Perry! Krug at all. Um, okay, he's screwed the Bruins. You fucked them hard. Ah, <sighs> if only. Anyway, (laughs) 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 see, Roman Yossi is like almost 30. He's like 29. And I I think that that contract extension is really dicey, Um, given his concussion history. uh, And um,
2: how much of his game relies on speed is uh, usually a red flag for their game not aging well, too.
0: Yeah and um, so that's an Eight year extension he will be almost 38 when it's up and uh, uh, Oh gosh the full No move clause the no Trade clause whatever the fuck it
2: is All the way through yeah David Poyle
0: never does that so um, Yeah I want to Talk more extensively about that next week I guess I wanted a happy feel good Episode today so that next week We can feel really terrible
2: Okay. I mean, I I don't necessarily know if it's all bad for the Bruins, but it's a, it isn't a good compare. It's a troublesome comparable is probably the way to put it.
0: Yeah, my gut feeling right now is that Tory Krug is in the seven to eight million range per season. And that if, if he took a hometown discount, it would be seven.
2: I would think the best case scenario is matching the Justin Falk contract, to be honest.
0: Okay. Well I'll have to take a look at that.
2: That's um I think it's six point five over seven years. Something like that. Okay. <laughs> Which if they got Krug for that, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah indeed. But um yeah. Anyway.
0: Yeah, well, I mean remember three million in dead cap comes off next year, so that'll be great.
2: And then uh, norm- and then approximately all of the money ever comes off the year after. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, I do want to table that for next week so that we can get into the nitty gritty of that. We can probably just focus mostly on that and I can do some homework and, and work on that. But yeah, I did notice that this week. And I also noticed the really ugly winter classic jerseys that the Predators have.
2: Oh, God, what they're doing, putting Nashville and Predators on the front. Pick one. It doesn't matter to me which one, guys, just one, not both.
0: It's just so nondescript and ugly.
2: I mean, don't get me wrong, the Preds have never had a single good jersey.
0: No. They
2: have bad colors. Yeah. <laughs> it's a freaking mustard tiger color there, yeah. It's, they got a bad hand. They should probably revisit the colors and do a full reboot or something because it's it's not good.
0: No, no, it's it's bad and and to put such a beautiful guy in such an ugly piece of clothing, I just feel so bad. It just makes me sad. So, all right, Halloween photo. We got to talk about that real quick. Oh, breaks this. Yes, Halloween photo. I'll
2: leave you in charge.
0: Okay, first of all, uh, Grizz and Cliffy as uh brick and jack oh my god unbelievable oh and the, the story behind that was
2: great too
0: yeah how it was dan heinen who came up with the idea on the plane and then it was mcavoy's girlfriend who made up grizz right and they weren't really sure they were going to actually do it.
2: it was the only yes so so, so it was heinen's idea they checked with krug krug said it was a great plan And then McAvoy's girlfriend did. um, I think it was only Grizz's makeup. I don't think uh, McAvoy's girlfriend did uh, Clifton's.
0: Clifton's. No,
2: he showed up late. Yes. So Grizz showed up just as half of a two-person costume, which is always the awkward thing when you're doing a team costume. Right. Right. You got to make sure you got to travel the fucking (laughs) together. Go as a team costume. Don't meet you. Don't meet them someplace because one of you is going to come out looking like a moron.
0: Right. I mean, that's why most of the uh, most couples did the couple's costume, because then they could show up together. So, you know, you had Brad Marsh and who if I had not seen his wife as that kid from Stranger Things, I would have been like, who the hell is that? And somebody had said on on uh, Twitter, I would have thought that he was being Courtney Love. And I'm like, that's an accurate assessment. Yes. Um, so it, they were from Stranger, Thing, uh, Stranger Things, which I don't watch, so, but I, I've i seen enough that I know that that's what that is. Um, first of all, Denton Heinen, with that whole, uh, what's his name, the character? Whit Goldblum or something uh, like that? White Goodman. I think that's his name or something. That's it. White Goodman, that's it. Yeah, um, he, that look for him is very good. That's a good look for him. He should keep that look like I looked at him and I went, wow, Danton Heinen looks really hot there. So, so good luck, Danton. Keep doing that. Okay. And then, you know, Charlie Coyle and his girlfriend went with the average Joes. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, uh,
1: Patrice, Charlie, Coyle, Charlie Coyle as Steve, the pirate was great. Spot
2: on. Um, Patrice and Stephanie as, the, um, uh, as Wayne and Garth was a solid costume pairing although they, they stuck the landing better on Stephanie's Garth than they did on Patrice's Wayne
0: yeah I, I really thought that was a really great <laughs> costume it was Tuka as Wonder Woman grabbing his boob I loved it <laughs> that was great wait can I ask because
1: I don't know what was David Krejci
0: a uh, banana
1: is that all it was was a banana?
0: Yeah, and his wife was a jellyfish. I don't get it.
2: All right. I mean So so who were the so who are the two Black Panthers?
0: Okay, I know you figure that out. I know that one is Jake Debresque. Nice, okay. But I, I and so nobody really knows who the other one is. The guess is that it's his girlfriend.
2: Look my guess because like that would be weird if they both for the I mean, Killmonger is effectively in the same costume just didn't make sense, so
0: fine. Yeah, I know. If I were, like, okay. I'll be honest with you, because I talked to, to Glenn about this. I said, if I were going to go, or if you were going to go as as uh, as T'Challa, I would totally be Shuri, and I would not do it in blackface or anything, because that's offensive. Just do it, like, you know, just just be Shuri, you know?
2: Would you be Shuri, or would you go with the Dora Milaje costume? Oh,
0: actually, you know what? I changed my mind. I said, you know what? I, I might be a Koye. 'Cause she is strong yeah. and powerful and wonderful and like I I might want to be her.
2: Well as I said, finding a distinctive Shuri costume would be trick would be challenging. An Okoye costume is obvious, right?
0: Yes, yes, yes. Because okay, you're right. You're you're very, very right on that. Okay. So um we're not gonna go as Black Panther and Okoye, but it's a very good choice. So I don't know. I don't understand that. I don't understand why that happened. And I got confused because a lot of people said, I, and even I said this, that I thought it was Nordy and Bacchus that were dumb and dumber, but it looks kind of like his wife, too, as being really ugly. I think, yeah. I think it's Bacchus and his wife. I think so, too. It was. Which I don't know why he would want to do that to his beautiful wife, but whatever. <laughs> I, I I will say, in
1: terms of sports costumes, one of my favorites was, it's not hockey, but Michael Chavis, who played for the Red Sox, and he's also a prospect uh, in the Red Sox system, was Batman. And he was so excited about wearing his Batman costume that he basically wore it the whole entire night before on October 30th. And his girlfriend posted like a three-minute video of him just running around their apartment in this costume. And it was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. And she was, because he, I think he's 23, he's going to turn 24 soon. And she was basically like, how old are you turning? Like, in a couple days? Like, really? And he's like, Batman has no age. (laughs) And it was one of the purest,
0: greatest things I've ever seen in my entire life. (laughs) So, yep. Uh, I talked to somebody at the thing today, and I was like, what was Corrali? I I can't really figure out where he was. And she said that he was the Joker in the back. And I was like, she's like, I just called him a clown. And I said, but isn't he supposed to be the Joker? I guess it's a mask as opposed to face makeup, which I'm not sure why you would make that choice. But I guess maybe if I had his complexion, I would not want to put on the face makeup either. (laughs) I know
1: I know. Charlie McAvoy was definitely the Joker in front because that was pretty obvious,
0: especially with the hair. Yep, yep. And then you notice that Tori Krug and his wife were not in the picture. No, but they, they were, were they
1: the ones that were in denim that they were Justin and Brittany? They were Justin and Brittany on the
0: denim date.
1: Yeah, that was really good. That was really, really
0: good. Nobody should wear denim like that. I think that's the rule. I mean that's that's fair. So that that was the Halloween party. Some of them were really great. Some of them were perplexing. Maybe David Krejci had his kid pick out his stuff. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy, you're a banana.
1: <laughs> that could have been that. Uh, I don't know. There was who I don't maybe I missed this throughout this whole thing. Who was the bug? Oh, that was Chara. So was he like pretending he was like in the show Beetleborgs? Because that was a show when I was a kid and I loved that show. Was like that what it was
0: or was he just randomly a bug? If you look up the costume on Amazon, it just says weird fly costume. Fair enough. Okay. (laughs) Who am I to judge? You know, when you're 6'9", you just find something that fits yeah, fair enough. I mean, with
2: difficulty, but yes.
0: <laughs> yes, as our six foot five guy can tell you,
2: it's hard enough at six foot five. I have no idea how Chara... Mis- well, apart from being a multi, having about a bajillion dollars to his name, and therefore he can afford things to be tailored.
0: That, that's well, most that's how,
2: true. How Char is able to find things that can fit him, isn't it?
0: But you know, yes. But you also know that Chara is very—I don't want to say stingy. I don't want to say frugal. I want to say good with his money.
1: Did we ever figure out who? Uh pasta
0: was i think he was the face paint guy in the back on the back left side okay i'm not sure if he's trying to be beetlejuice or the babadook not sure fair
1: enough okay
0: yeah i wasn't sure that was him but everybody says it's him so i'm like all right cool you know oh that's
1: one thing that maybe we didn't touch on apparently he got in like an accident with someone and the person was like sorry pasta and posted a picture that he hit Pasta's car, apparently. Yes.
0: Well, I found so. out from that that, one, Pasta owns a Porsche. Two, some guy hit his Porsche. Three, Pasta will still take a picture even though he doesn't look particularly happy in the picture. He will take a picture with you after you hit his Porsche. Yeah, and fair can, enough. Can I, I mean... tell you that that was the inspiration for me going to that trade show today and getting photo ops with two guys uh, because I figure... That guy had to pay a lot more money to get that photo than I had to pay. So there we go. And then I also said, well, well, you know, Bergie's obviously taking this money and putting it into the college fund for the kids. And I made up a fiction that Sean Carley is going to get his MBA. So there we go. That made me feel better. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing, but.
1: I also want to point out something, too, randomly. I was looking at it, too. Between Pasta and Marshan, in terms of point production, uh, salary, and anything like that, I'm not sure there are two wingers that I would want on my team more than that. Pretty much. Like, given
2: everything... I'm in- just trying to think of productive... ...that <laughs> be more affordable. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, 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 not him. Um, <laughs> nope, not him, I mean, <laughs> not that guy. No, <laughs> not, not,
0: not, not that
2: title. guy, that one, that one makes a lot of money, that one makes a lot of money now, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if there is anyone actually, um, but it's like discounting folks on ELCs because they don't count.
1: Right, Exactly. Like, I know Dreisaitl's having a great year, but he's also got a huge contract. It just seems like those two guys, they've signed great contracts. They're producing way above. And I actually... What made me kind of bring that up is I saw a tweet yesterday or the day before from a Leafs fan who basically, like, spelled out the production between Pasta and Marshan, and then also a Marner and Matthews and then put their total like their total point production right now versus their uh, salary cap, their salary cap hit. And it's like not even like close, like who you would rather have. Like it's insane.
0: Yeah. that's another thing that we can point out is that uh, the league for some reason still wants to point out uh, they want to use, Austin Matthews is their poster boy for the you know who's going to score the most goals this season. When it's like he's not in oh, the what league. What the fuck was that? Yeah.
2: You know the, they're featuring him yet he's like one of the twelve-way tie with eleven goals. Whereas you know at the time of the at the time of the, the 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 infographic poster knock with leading with thirteen now fourteen. So like what the what the fuck what, what the fuck was that shit?
0: The hell yeah. That was bullshit. I, I would say that it's one of those things where it's like they really just want him to be a star.
2: Meanwhile, you know, the Leafs are just a fucking mess. Like, there's so much talent, so they have an okay record. They're, the, but, the, the they, thing they're is, an absolute mess right now. And it's not yeah. just, oh, versus oh, Hyman's. Who the fuck cares about about, about Zach Hyman? Ooh, Dermot. Who the fuck cares about Travis Dermot? Okay, you guys are missing Tra- Tavares. That matters. But, like,. That team is a fucking mess. No one seems to care, and it's hilarious.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, their uh, their goal differential was, if it wasn't, like, minus one, it was plus one, where they've, like, scored, like, oh, 50 goals and given up, like, 49.
2: But like, it, it was really currently, close. Currently, they're plus one.
1: Plus they one, okay, scored, yeah.
2: They've scored 53 goals and given up 52.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's double. That's more. That's almost double what the Bruins have given up. Bruins have given up 27, I believe, in 13, 14 games, whatever it is at this point.
2: And the Toronto, 13 games for Boston and Toronto for 15. Um, incidentally, Bob Bruins, a um, uh, goal differential of plus 19, is currently tied for first in the league with what? Vancouver? Okay. <laughs> well, to top it off, I
1: know Vancouver, uh, the Providence Bruins beat the Utica Comets Friday, but Utica was 8 0 going into that game. Where So that's Vancouver's AHL team. And they had, going into that game, they had scored 39 goals in eight games and only given up 14. So it seems to be a system-wide thing,
0: randomly. <laughs> uh, what a crazy, crazy hockey season it is so far. It'll be interesting to see what the Canucks do, along with the Sabres, or how long they're going to ride these streaks.
2: I mean, they're, they're carrying them forward, but at the same time, uh, you know, Boston has now passed Buffalo in the standings with two fewer games played.
0: Right, right.
2: In fact, Buffalo has lost their last three games, so um, I feel like that ride might have run its course already.
1: I mean, Connor Hutton was playing out of his mind.
2: But and... at the end of the day, he's just Carter Hutton.
1: Exactly, exactly. Like,
2: they it's... have a career backup and a prospect that has failed to launch as their goaltending team. This is not going to last, and I say this is someone who really, really likes Ralph Kruger, Kruger as a coach and always has.
1: Also, I low-key want Buffalo to be good just because, like, I don't know what it is about Buffalo, like, in terms of, like, both the Sabres and um, the Bills. I just can't be mad at them for some reason. Like, I can't, like they, they sell out their arena when their team is, like, in last place. Like, Most I just,
2: their fans, their fans refuse to give up, even though their even though their teams are basically like just a just a season long, you know, uh, scene of sideshow Bob walking through a field full of rakes. I mean, that's what being a Buffalo sports fan is, right? Is getting smacked in the face with a rake every three steps.
0: Well, kind of. I mean, I feel bad for the Buffalo fan base after Buffalo went to four straight Super Bowls and never won any of them. I, I they're the one AFC team that I don't. Uh, AFC, AFC East team that I don't pick on, um, really.
2: I'm just gonna start the first to pull that kind of that kind of pathetic shit. Didn't didn't the Broncos do that in the eighty in the late '80s too?
0: It, um yeah, but I hate the Broncos. Um, three,
1: three. Um, because the I, I believe all three of them were with John Elway because John Elway ended up winning two overall in his career, but I'm pretty sure he was two and three. In the Super Bowl in his career,
0: yeah, but those those Super Bowl wins were late in his career. In his early career, he lost all of the Super Bowl appearances he made. Yeah, but I exactly. I I've always hated John Elway, and I've always hated the Broncos, so I just don't give a shit about them at all. Uh, the the Vikings went to like four Super Bowls in the seventies, maybe not straight ones, and they lost all of those. And I I do kind of feel sad for them. Uh, yeah, the Purple
1: People Eaters defense. Yeah, that was that was a good defensive team and. Yeah, they lost everything, too. I actually had a roommate in college whose dad was a Vikings fan because of that defense. Yep. Even though he's from Massachusetts. Yep. But that defense just, like, stuck with him. And, yeah, they. I feel bad for them as well. Especially, man, after getting that win a couple years ago in against the Saints, that miraculous, like, last-second touchdown where uh, the Saints defender overplayed it. And then they got the touchdown and they ended up losing to to the eagles i believe in the nfc championship that sucked for them
0: yeah 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 so you know i can have sympathy for teams hey you know what i just just to, to make one more analogy to football i figured this out this week and i think this is very important as you know as a patriots fan i hate the jets and i hate the dolphins and i have stated now that i don't feel bad about the, the Bills. I, I just don't have negative feelings towards them. The Jets have won, it precisely one Super Bowl in their past, and then it's been a whole lot of nothing. And the Dolphins went through a period where they won a, a bunch of Super Bowls, like a few Super Bowls. They had also had a perfect season, you know, and that was back in the 70s. And But they've only made it to the Super Bowl once since you know 1984 uh, well actually since yeah they, they only they well, was the year they made it yeah yeah it was dan marino was the quarterback um against uh joe montana's 49ers
1: so um yeah that was not gonna win anytime soon no, but, no yeah
0: no no so um the 49ers were 15 and one that year going into the playoffs and um no, no, they were fourteen and two, and the Dolphins were fifteen and one going into the playoffs. So, okay, so we've established that the Jets and the Dolphins are the two teams I hate. You know that I really love to heckle Dolphins fans. Okay. Yes. Okay. Here's my analogy. Ready? The Jets. I will always hate them more than the Dolphins, right? Because I feel like they've done less, um, and they're they're more arrogant. The Leafs have not won anything in forever. Their fans are awful. The team is kind of arrogant, right? And I, as much as I hate the Habs, I really hate the Leafs right now. And we have a real rivalry with them, right? Yeah. The Habs have won a bunch of championships, nothing really recently, but they, they've won a bunch of championships. So they have some room for bragging. So I, I can't understand that. So the jet uh, the the uh, the Habs in this circumstance are basically like the dolphins. I hate them, but I don't hate them as much as I hate the Jets or in this case the Leafs. So, there you go. Isn't that interesting? I think I would agree with you
1: just because I think I think there was always kind of a rivalry with the Bruins and the Leafs. I think that playing each other over the last few years and things like that in the playoffs and important games has kind of elevated that. It kind of happened in the mid 2000s with uh, the Red Sox and uh, the Tampa Bay Rays where the Tampa Bay Rays were randomly really good. They made the world series in 2008. They beat the Red Sox in the ALCS and like Boston and the Rays were kind of bigger than Boston and the Yankees for like two or three years because of that. Now, obviously, that's obviously changed at this point. But I think if the Canadiens were bigger and better, that it would probably be different. But I agree with you. Yeah. Just because the the quality of the game that's being played, like it's almost not a rivalry if you're
0: just beating up on them every year. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So I thought I just thought that was an interesting thing because I I don't often compare the two sports like that, but I did this time. The Heat won the
1: championship in like a couple years ago with LeBron James. They won a few championships with LeBron James, but being a Miami sports fan has sucked. Like they've had like that, and then the Dolphins, like like you said, haven't won since the seventies. I mean, the only other thing, technically now the Marlins changed their name from the Florida Marlins to the Miami Marlins, but, like, they haven't won since 2003, although randomly the one sports team in all sports that haven't lost a playoff series is the Miami Marlins. They've made the playoffs twice in their existence, and they've won the World Series both times. That's a random stat, but, like, yeah. They have. Interesting. Yeah, Yeah, they won in 97, which was their fourth or fifth year in existence, and they won in 2003. Those are the only two years they've ever made the playoffs, and they've won the World Series both times. So stats here on Barely on Topic.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Jeff? Schedule. Okay.
2: So... So, Broome's got a well three games this week. Four if you count next Sunday, which you probably should because we'll record only probably a few hours before that game. Um, starting off uh, tomorrow, that's a uh, Monday, November fourth, uh, seven p.m. Eastern time at the Garden against Pittsburgh. We get to you know see uh, Brad and uh, and and, uh, and uh, Patrice I eat uh, Sid's lunch,
0: <laughs> as they
2: do. <laughs> it's really delightful to see. I, I also incidentally, a sidebar. How is it that, like, again and again, shitty players like Brendan Dubinsky and Jack Johnson get credited as, as, as Sid Killers when it's been Brad and Patrice all along?
0: For the same reason that Austin Matthews gets more um, attention from the league than David Pasternak, who is a delightful, fun, childlike human, uh, adult human.
2: And doesn't literally look like ManBearPig. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway... Um, follow that game up, uh, on a back-to-back, which is unfortunate, and incidentally, of course, this team's the team we're playing on the back half of the back-to-back. Montreal, that's PM Eastern time, which is a strange start time. At the Bells, at the Centre Bell. Yeah. Montreal games are always fun. I mean, they're a good, they're a well-coached team, because Claude's doing good work there. He just has, you know, mediocre players to work with, so I'll, I'll take it. And two days over, and then another 7:30 p.m. Eastern Time start. What the fuck are you doing here, NHL?
0: Lots of places start at 7:30. Boston usually doesn't, but lots of places do.
2: Like I, I just take offense because, like, you push that start time any later, and like it starts fucking with my day, with my next day, because you know I live in this bullshit time zone. Again, it could be worse. I could live in Newfoundland. That would make then nothing would make sense anymore because it's an hour and a half time, hour and a half ahead of, of Eastern, but. Yeah, that's Friday. Right. Newfoundland does that weird half-hour bullshit.
0: Yeah, that um, makes no sense to me.
2: Anyway, so Friday, November 8th, 7.30 p.m. at whatever they're calling the Not Joe Lewis Arena.
0: The Pizza Box! Yeah, it's
1: Little Caesars like Arena or something. Yep. I want to go to their beer garden someday.
2: And then close out the week on Sunday, November tenth, seven game some time at the garden against the Flyers.
0: Oh. Unfortunately ooh. it
2: means at the garden, which means there's no
0: gritty. I was just gonna say no gritty. It makes me sad. <laughs> hmm. Okay.
2: Um so we come off a week off of playing three shitty teams, and it looks like we're playing one really shitty team, and then all like the pens, Habs and the Flyers. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Meh. <laughs> Well, there we go. It's a it's a packed week. It's four games. It's that's a lot.
2: Yeah, it is. Um, only three nights off for us viewers, and of course the players themselves as well. So, anyway, um, watch the games. We will.
0: Damn what I, right. I love how Tuca comes in clear, so clear. She, she's just doing her Tuka thing in the background, and it's just clear as day. Uh,
2: the squeaking you're hearing is Mika playing with a squeaker toy. I haven't heard Tuka make a sound in quite some time.
0: All right, oh, Mika's coming in. Zabanajad's
1: coming in with the squeaks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, no, no. This one's spelled Keepersoft style. Two eyes, two K- two eyes, and two K's. Zabanajad's one. Oh. cut corners yeah. on his name.
0: Uh, well, he did yeah yeah, and he's also not Finnish, right? So.
2: Well, well, his mother was. That's the thing. He's, his mother was a Finn. His father was Iranian, and he's Swedish.
0: Yeah, he's from – I'm pretty sure,
1: – um, randomly, Mika Zabanajad has been on the podcast called The Basement Yard. It's a random podcast with Joe Sanegato and Denny Priori and they're just kind of random, almost like YouTubers, and – since since they both live in New York City, they both randomly became friends with Zabenedjad. So he's been on their podcast a couple of times,
0: and that's the story. Wow, I I had no idea that Zabenedjad was actually Swedish. I don't know how he didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, He's, he's he, he. Both of his parents are immigrants to Sweden.
2: Of course, his mother is just from Finland and his father from from Iran. He he's one of the most um uh, um. Uh, it's a very interesting heritage that gentleman has, and I get a kick out of it. Yeah. And yet they didn't use the if they didn't use a particularly Finnish spelling for his first name. It was clearly presumably derived from the Finnish version. I'm guessing they Swedishized it.
0: Well, also um, the Swedes and the Finns don't like each other that much. So, yeah. yeah. So you might want to just make that not so Finnish. That's all.
2: Hmm. Anyway. I guess I'll do the thing.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Um uh, thank you, listeners. You've been listening to Barely on Topic. You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, and wherever you're oh Spotify.
0: Oh and your
2: podcasts are found. Talk to us on Twitter at Barely On Topic or on Facebook at Barely On Topic Podcast. And then of course, if you really hate yourself, there are our personal Twitter accounts. I of course am at Doctor Grenade.
1: I am at Tim A
0: Richardson. Follow for Red Sox musings and Buccaneers hatings. Yes, yeah, yes, it's it's true. Tim Tim is definitely a, a Bucks masochist. Um, and I am Sean Corrali. Probably hates me at Twitter dot com.
2: Also known as at VA from RI. And I don't think Sean Corrali hates you. I think he's probably scared of you.
0: That that could be very true. Uh, yes. Um, I'm very intimidating.
2: <laughs> I mean, like in a... This person could make me having to put... Be forcing me to put the lotion back in the basket in the near future. I better wash my back, sort of scared.
0: <laughs> For the record, no. Don't want to do that with him. Not at all. I'm, no. no. Carlo on the
2: other hand. So, <laughs> so that won't well, Tim, huh?
0: Oh...
1: It's tied at twenty four in the fourth quarter and Jameis Winston went to throw the ball and he it literally just came out of his hand without anyone hitting him. Just, just came out. Wackedy smack it you. And 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 of course Seattle cut, recovered. Now Seattle has first and ten on the fifteen yard line.
0: Yay. So basically Jameis Winston just kinda like let the ball fall out of his his hand, like, I just let words fall out of my mouth in front of famous people.
1: Yeah, basically, Jameis Winston remembered he was Jameis Winston. Is the point.
0: Yeah. Oh. Womp
2: womp.
1: Because he's terrible, and fucking just want to move on from him at this point.
2: Well, on that note, Tim...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Word.